What's going on, folks? This is the Leafs Cobble Podcast for Vanguard Northeast Realty in Scarborough. VanguardNE.ca. I'm Norman James in London, Ontario, joined as always by Mike Augello in Buffalo, New York. The 2019 Stanley Cup playoffs have arrived. Opening night, unbelievable. All sorts of incredible games, surprising results. But now we get to the real stuff. The Leafs and Bruins, game one of their series. Mr. Augello. Are you excited? Good morning, Norman. Uh, yeah, I've, I, I, we've been looking forward to this because, you know, the anticipation of the, you know, regular season, I mean, a few years ago was will the Leafs make the playoffs. Now you accept that they're going to make the playoffs, and now it's what do they do in the playoffs. So I've looked forward to this for a while, but I, you know, obviously playing the Bruins uh, is something that I don't think it was optimum for them. and. We'll see if they can pass this test because the Bruins are probably the toughest matchup they could come up against. Mm-hmm. Five games on the opening night of the playoffs. Columbus beats the Lightning 4-3. The Islanders in overtime taking down the Pens 4-3. St. Louis doubling up Winnipeg 2-1. Dallas over Nashville 3-2. San Jose takes down VGK 5-2. You have a couple of games in there that you probably would expect those types of results. You have the Islanders winning, Columbus winning, surprises, pleasantly so. Perhaps perhaps these teams, these games are showing that, you know what, conventional wisdom, forget about it. The Leafs, Boston, it could be a toss-up to some people, but guys like us have been talking about how the Leafs may not be ready to beat the Bruins yet. Who knows? Maybe we don't know what we're talking about. We'll find out tonight. Well, thankfully, the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs are not single elimination like the um, NCAA tournament because uh, if that was the case, I would have gone one and four yesterday in terms of my predictions. Um, you know, looking at looking at the Tampa Bay Columbus, I mean, Tampa Bay simply got up three nothing and went to sleep. I pulled back on my uh, comment that I was going to make about referencing game seven of 2013. Uh, But, you know, if a team is up four to one in the third period, or if a team like Tampa Bay is up three, nothing in the first, they should win. They just stop playing. The Leafs stopped playing six years ago. And if you give a team that's, you know, a playoff team like Columbus, a chance, they came back and they, gained momentum and they, you know, they're playing fast and loose. They have nothing to lose. They have no pressure on them because everybody's expecting Tampa Bay to win. So that will be a wake up call. Do I think that Columbus is going to win that series? No, of course not. I, I think I picked, I think I picked Tampa Bay in five. So there's Columbus's one right there. Mike, you can make a case for the playoffs being bizarro hockey. How is it that Tampa is so damn good during the regular season? 120 plus points dominant even wins on the final day of the season, comes into the playoffs, game one, up 3 nothing, doing Tampa Bay Lightning types of things, and then gives up the lead. Could we be in for some more surprises, Mike? And it, the surprise trend continuing tonight <laughs> with the Leafs, Boston, game one. Remember, the Leafs have not been able to win in Boston to start a series going back to 2013. Right. Tonight be, might be one of those nights where the trend changes and in favor of the Leafs. Well, Columbus beating Tampa in the series would be a a monumental 
explosion. It would be like, you know, it would be a, a paradigm shift. But it, it don't, would... don't you think John Cooper might look at his team and go, guys, guys, serious, this doesn't make yeah. any sense. We're, we're, yeah, at a, guy... we're in a completely different landscape now. So, guys, like WTF. That, yeah, that game, that game should serve as a expect Tampa Bay to destroy them in game two. And if they don't, then Tampa Bay might be in trouble in other series. I mean, I, you know, Dallas, Dallas is a very defensive club. They've changed under the new coach, Jim Montgomery. Nashville doesn't score a ton. So I wasn't completely shocked that, that Dallas won that game. Um, you know, the Islanders and Penguins, that's a real close series. I mean, I think Pittsburgh will eventually win it, but I'm not surprised that mm-hmm. the Islanders won, you know, especially in Nassau Coliseum with those rabid, psychotic fans uh the, the islander fans um but well they are they are i mean especially if i, I didn't even are. say anything I, I, I was saying it in my head and i almost spit it out but you knew exactly what i wanted to say i have the islanders to beat the penguins uh in the first round and wouldn't that be weird islanders getting through to a conference final against tampa and the Leafs not being able to get past the Bruins, you know, we're, we're already not hearing the end of the whole John Tavares thing. Can you imagine the Islanders getting through with those psychotic fans? This is the Leafs Convo podcast for Vanguard Northeast Realty in Scarborough, VanguardNE.ca. So the playoffs continue tonight with the Leafs at Boston, Carolina, Washington, the Capitals hoping to make a push to defend their Stanley Cup championship. And you have Colorado and Calgary. Much is made about coming out of the gate with hunger, with vitriol, skating fast, be, you know, being smart, but playing with a lot of um, aggression, might, and determination. Do you think that makes sense tonight? Or Because I have a feeling that Boston is going to continue just to do the same thing they've always done to the Maple Leafs in the playoffs, just come right at them. So is this, a, I mean, are, are the Leafs? Like, where are the Leafs tonight? What do they need to do? Do they need to come out of the gate and maybe take Boston's kind of game to them? Because I have a feeling if if the Leafs try to withstand an onslaught from the home team, they might be down a few goals to start with, and we are back to where we've been last year and in 2013. And I'm telling you right now, if you just keep on repeating the same thing over and over again, um. I really don't see how, you know, that's a recipe for any sort of success. So, you know, maybe the Leafs have to turn the game on Boston's head and come at them pretty hard tonight. Are they capable of doing it? I, I don't I don't think so. I mean, it, I mean, they do have unbelievable speed and skill. So by taking the game to them, as you say, I, I mean, most people would think that if you if you try to open up a series and take the game to the other team, you're talking about being physical. Well, we know that in a physical battle, you know, the Leafs, you know, guys like Kadri and, and Hyman and a, a couple of their defensemen might be able to do that. But that's that's not the game that they I think Babcock wants them to play or they're capable of playing. So. You know, more than likely, and remember, I know that Babcock doesn't want to reference history, but we have to look at what happened last year because these teams are similar. And Boston destroyed Toronto in the first two games. They, you know, they they scored on the power play. They, you know, took the game to them physically. We know that what happened with Kadri in the uh, three-game suspension, the, the hit. Mm-hmm. Um, so they really have to be able to sort of 
weather that storm. There's going to be an initial rush from the, from the Bruins. They're going to probably try to run them through the boards early in the game. They're going to have to be able to, to, to absorb that, to respond from that, to counterattack. If they can counterattack off of that, then that's probably the best thing they can do. And they're going to need Freddie Anderson to stand on his head early on because you know that there's going to be incredible pressure. But after that subsides, after they settle in, that's when the Leafs are going to have to take advantage. If they can get out of the first period, you know, tied or even in a lead, then they're in a great, great spot for game one. If they're down two or three, nothing, then it could be, it it could be a, they get rolled over in game one and then it's on the game two. I don't want the Leafs to fall behind and have to play hockey from a disadvantage. You don't either, but what have we seen? What has happened? Exactly that. So the Maple Leafs mm-hmm. have to, to change that trend. They have to change the impression that people have of them by doing something different. How can the Maple Leafs draw the Bruins into the way the Leafs want to play and play from an advantage? Uh, the, I, and I, in doing some <clears throat> breakdown of the series for Hockey Buzz, you know, I, I was looking at special teams, their matchups, their percentages, and things of that nature. And, you know, you would think that one of the keys to the, to the Leafs getting a victory over the Bruins would be maybe, you know, getting a lot of, getting a lot of power play opportunities, taking, taking advantage of the Bruins, uh, maybe over aggressiveness and making them pay for it with power play goals. The problem is the Leafs drew the least amount of penalties in the NHL. Uh, I think it was 204. Uh, the Bruins had about 40 more. Um, shorthanded opportunities and their, their, their power play percentages were about the same, but when you don't draw penalties and they don't draw, they don't take many penalties either, but when you don't draw penalties, you don't get as many opportunities on the power play. It used to be, you know, Nazem Kadri would draw penalties and you know, a lot of critics would call him a diver. The Leafs have sort of just avoided that. Mm. They need power play opportunities. They need, you know, that they're very good five on five, but in the regular season, Things are a lot more fast and loose. And in the playoffs, it's going to be tight. And the Bruins play an effective, tight defensive game. So the Leafs are going to have to work for those opportunities. And, you know, they're going to have to try to draw Boston Mm -hmm. in to to be able to get man advantages. But the problem is that Boston is fairly disciplined. And unless somebody like Brad Marchand or somebody like that goes off and makes something, does something stupid, they're not going to get as many chances to to score on the power play as they would like. Boston's a mature team. They have the pedigree of a championship. It was 2011, but they have won a championship within the last 10 years. It still carries weight considering uh, a lot of the guys who were on that championship team as younger players are now older guys, and they remember that, and they want to win that championship again, especially for Zidane Ochera. Then again, he's got 10 years left. Are the, are the, this, here's a real test for the Maple Leafs, okay? As, we, as we've seen already, with one day down in the 2019 Stanley Cup playoffs, it's, it's bizarro world, and that's a good thing for the Maple Leafs. But I think this is an opportunity for them to cultivate and grow and solidify more maturity, Mike. This is an opportunity for them to do that. And I want to see a mature, professional game this evening. I don't want to see these guys running around. I don't want to see these guys be uh, overmatched physically. I want to see these cats take the play 
to the Bruins. This isn't like the 72 series where you have Bobby Clark, um, you know, nailing Soviet Union players left, right, and center, and the, the Soviets killing the Canadians with kindness. That's not going to work. But, you know, b- being agitators and, you know, doing stupid things to put your team down a man, I mean, that's not going to work either. So this is going to be a real test for these guys to show maturity, show professionalism, show how these guys have evolved from last year uh, into a team that still believes there's a lot of meat left on that bone and a lot of uh, great hockey to play, not only to prove that to the fans, but more importantly, themselves. Yeah, and discipline, I think, is going to be extremely important on the part of the Leafs because we know that, you know, while Boston will play that way early on in the game and maybe throughout the game and I'm sure they're going to target guys like Tavares and Marner and Matthews and probably Jake Gardner because of his back problem and obviously Morgan Riley because he's going to log 30 minutes a night. There's going to be some frustration and maybe some responses with a, with a stick or, or something like that. And they have to avoid that because Boston's power play at home was the best in the NHL, 31.8%. They, you know, And you're talking about Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak, Tory Krug had 30 points on the power play of his 53 last year. So, you know, you're talking about and, – and Jake DeBrusque, you know, being a disturber in front of the net. You're talking about a very effective unit, and they have to avoid taking stupid penalties because that will lead to their demise. You have to be better than your opposition. You have to hope that your opposition isn't playing to its best. When you look back on last season, Mike – did the Leafs leave it all out there? I know they went to game seven, but were they as good? Were they as good as they could have been? Just thinking back on that. Did, did they show everything they had, all their cards, and then just lost? Or do you feel like the Leafs last season could have put up a better series against Boston? Um, well, I, I, with that team, I think they did their, their best. I mean, remember... Thomas Placanitz was their number two yeah. center for three plucky and that their, their, their best, their best line was Marlowe Placanitz yeah. and Marner. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't you, Austin Matthews had two points in the series and was basically a no show. So, you know, the, their problem was, but that was all Mike Babcock's you know, fault. Remember he was pissed at the coach <laughs> and everybody got upset with Mike Babcock. Where I'm going with this Mike, is, the Leafs didn't give them – I don't believe they gave themselves a full chance to beat the Boston Bruins. Coming from behind when you're down 3 nothing, coming from behind when you're down 2 nothing in the series, are you really playing at your best? What I'm hoping for – and this is all part of sports. You have to expect the Bruins to, to play right up at the top elite level that they've always shown against the Leafs, and then it usually falls off afterwards. But the Leafs, the well, Leafs have to be. The Leafs have to play better than they played in the regular season. And I, I, you're you're going to require the Bruins to have a few hiccups along the way. And whether it's Chara showing his age, or you know, just right. this team having peaked in the regular season, you're going to need the Boston Bruins to have a few problems uh, in this series and, oh. and beat themselves in many ways. Because when I just when I look at the, the team, when I look at the goaltending situation, when I look at the defense, the Leafs are going to need some help from the opposition. And I, it sounds weird, but it's true. Well, they have to take advantage of what opportunities are there to use last year as a reference point. If you remember, they were down two games to one in Toronto 
game four, Patrice Bergeron does not play and they lose that yeah. game. So you could say if they win that game, then it doesn't go to game seven because they win game six and they and they beat the Bruins. And then, of course, in game seven, they're up in the third period and we have the famous Jake Gardner minus five. But Anderson does not come up big and the entire team just played. Okay. You know, almost scared in the third period, thinking they're going to win, but they didn't do. They didn't put the the coup de gras on the Bruins. Now, I think this team has more of a capability to do that because I think they're they're a better overall team this year. But I'm still concerned about that killer instinct that they that they if they have it. I'm not concerned about that from the Bruins. I think mm-hmm. if the Bruins see an advantage with the Leafs, they will take it. They will take that advantage and rub it in their face. I don't know if Toronto can do that, and that will be the key to the series. If they can take advantage of Boston's, you know, the chinks in their armor, which right now is, you know, Char is 42 years old. He's not exactly fast. You could take advantage of that. They're going to be lobbing minutes on their top four because their bottom pairing, they have some injuries there. They're playing a rookie on the second line instead of David Backus. They're going to load tons of minutes on Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak. They have to to wear on those guys physically. If they can do those things, they have a chance in the the series. I just don't know whether they can do them or not. Here's an opportunity for the top players to be dominant. A lot of Leaf fans idolize Austin Matthews. They view him as a top 10, top five player. Hey, Austin, here's your chance. Don't blame the coach. Don't blame Nylander. Here's your chance. If you're the best, is, is Austin Matthews pound for pound the best player on the ice in this series, ahead of the, ahead of the series? Because if he is, then, then be dominant. I'm sure if, if, Connor, yeah. if Connor McDavid had the opportunity to play in the playoffs, I'm sure he would be the best player on the ice. No questions asked. No excuses. Here's an opportunity now to take, take the reins, take hold of the opportunity, and go for it. And that's, and that's the thing, Mike. This comes down to maturity. Has, have these guys matured now? D- does that loss last year sting? Does this regular season to them still leave something to be desired? You know, in baseball, Mike, you play in the playoffs. You can't go up to bat gripping the bat tighter. You can't get upset when you're up there. You're going to get struck out. When you're on the mound, you can't be huffing and puffing to blow guys away. I mean, not Mark Wohlers or uh, Mike, you can throw out a bunch of bunch of Mitch, Mi- Mi- Mitch, yeah, Williams. Mitch Williams, that guy, the, the wild thing. You can't, you can't do that. But in hockey, can you play with more intensity? Can you want it more? Because I hear many ex-NHLers doing broadcasts, doing commentary, doing analysis say that the determination of the game will come down to who wants it more. Mike, is that a factor here? Well, Can the Leafs want this more? Yeah. Well, Dade Poulin made a very interesting observation yesterday on TSN radio where he was talking about, about Matthews and his observation was, you know, when Matthews is on, he's a bull in a China shop. He's True. dominant and he, and he just takes over the game. But the problem is, is that you notice that when he does that, and that means he's not doing it all the time. He's doing it occasionally. And when, when he, a player of his ability has to be able to do that, I'd say 80%, 90% of the time and not 50 or less. Now, you know, the desire is there for Matthews to dominate. Now, where, where, where it comes, where it goes back on the coach is, will Mike Babcock play him 20 minutes a night 
like he should a number one or a number two center, or will he play him? And this is, you know, I mean, this is a criticism not only of the media, of the fans, but of, of his peers where, you know, you're seeing Austin Matthews playing 17, 18 minutes. You're seeing Tavares play that during the regular season. Now it's the playoffs now. It's got, they should be playing 20 minutes a night. You should put them out there in different situations with different line mates to create matchup problems. And if he doesn't do that, and if he stays just basically with the same four lines or mixes them up when they're, when they're down a couple goals, I don't think that's taking advantage of the tools that you have, but that's, you know, that's a tendency for the coach and we don't know what he's going to do, but that's, you know, that matchup Cassidy versus Babcock. uh, I had Babcock losing it Mm -hmm. last year. Uh, because he was so uh, intent on matching lines and having different combos uh, facing other other the, the, the Bruins' top line. And I don't know what's going to happen in this series. He's going to be matching wallpaper at his mansion next season and because he's not going to have a, a job, Mike. And Mike, Mike Babcock has to, has to realize in his heart of hearts that he's got one more year after this one, and it's going to feel a lot if, – if they lose this series and next year is pear-shaped. Um, I think, too, though, he the head coach needs to see what he's got and who's revving and who's hungry for it in tonight's game. If Austin Matthews is meandering out there and taking shots from the top of the circle to try to pick a corner, uh, giving himself like a one in a thousand chance to to make that shot. And he's playing from the periphery. And, you know, Mike Babcock's going to see that maybe he, he. there's nothing. There's no indication there that Matthews needs more ice time because nothing's really happening. This is where right now this is an opportunity for guys like Tavares. You wanted to come to Toronto. You wanted to play with this team. You wanted. You want to win a Stanley Cup. Here's your opportunity now, Mitch Marner. I mean, you guys, you've been great, but you if you can still go higher, I know you can. You know you can. Austin Matthews, are you one of the world's best players? You you he is playing a game where Austin Matthews doesn't go to the net. Ovechkin, don't tell me that Austin Matthews is anywhere near Ovechkin ever. Why, why is Ovechkin so great, Mike? Because he scores from anywhere. He's insane. Connor McDavid goes to the net. Mario Lemieux goes to the net. Austin Matthews does not go to the net. So he's, there's a, a certain segment of the ice that he does not go to. So he's cut himself off. So he's limited himself. So within that, within that area he shoots from, he's got to be even better. So Austin Matthews, the question is, don't do something stupid to injure yourself. But how are you going to, within the confines of your game, which is elite, how are you going to step that up? How are these guys going to collectively come together and begin to push forward in this journey towards a Stanley Cup champion? That's the question we're going to find out tonight, Mike. We've got to wrap this thing up. Uh, a few more points you want to make? We, we know that the, that third line is going to be key for, for the Leafs. Um, you know, Kadri matching up. We don't know if Kadri is going to get matched up against Bergeron or Krejci or if he's going to be basically more of a secondary offensive role. But I really think that Marlowe, Kadri, and Nylander are going to have to be consequential for this team to win this series. I also think that, you know, we know that Hainsey and, and Riley are probably going to get 25-plus mm-hmm. minutes, probably closer to 27 or 28 you know, to take sort of, sort of take the burden off of the second and third pairings, and they'll probably match up against Bergeron. But the Leafs are going to need, and I think especially because of the questionable health of Gardner, that bottom pairing of Muzzin and Dermott will not be a typical bottom pairing playing 10 or 12 minutes. I think 
they're going to balance the, the yeah. second and third pairings, and they're probably going to play at least 18 minutes each. If I'm Mike Babcock, I'm disproportionate with my forwards ice time, but I try to keep my defensive ice time relatively even. Wipe the slate clean. <laughs> it can be bizarro time. Let's see if the Maple Leafs can have some fun. And I don't know, upset the apple cart and go ahead and win game one. Do something that they haven't been able to do in the playoffs uh, against the Boston Bruins. Take it to them. And again, once the Maple Leafs can do that, show some signs of, of encouragement, show some signs of something great, the feeling from us is certainly going to be different. Last word to you. I made my predictions, and uh, I, I'll reveal it here. I have, I have the Bruins in six. Um, usually when you say seven games, you know, you're, you're sort of – it's a coin flip and either team can win. But I do see the advantages of the Bruins in this series, and I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, Mike. I've uh, got Jokerit to win the first game, and Frolunda is going to go all the way and win the Stanley Cup championship. So – We'll, we'll see how it all plays out. I've got six kroner on the final. Michael, enjoy the game tonight, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Norm.